Today on CityCast Chicago, just one week after Governor Pritzker announced the legendary Thompson Center was for sale, the building's architect, Helmut Jan, was fatally struck by two cars while he was biking in suburban St. Charles this weekend. We examine the life and legacy of an artist whose works are all over Chicago and the world, but whose most famous design is still controversial. It looks like a, a Fabergé egg almost made of glass. And, and just the difference between the neoclassical, the city hall, uh, you know, which is like a traditional government building, and then the modernist glassy skyscraper of the Daily Center, and then this building. Today is Monday, May 10th. I'm Jacoby Cochran, and this is CityCast Chicago. First, a little bit of news, y'all. The General Iron Metal Shredder is not moving to the southeast side for now. You see, activists like Gina Ramirez, Oscar Sanchez have been fighting for years to keep it out of the neighborhood. We're fighting really hard to get this permit denied. And we just are preparing for the next polluter that wants to move in. Um, you know, you always have to be vigilant when you live in this neighborhood because there's always something, <laughs> something that's going to happen next. But it wasn't until President Biden's new EPA chief sent a letter that Mayor Lori Lightfoot announced she would suspend the permit indefinitely. Now, I hope you got up bright and early to snag those coveted spots for Park District summer programs. Listen to me. Registration opened this a.m. for in-person summer programs west of California Avenue and for all virtual programs. For all of my friends living east of California, registration begins tomorrow. Some good news. All right. I was a little skeptical when I heard about a financial literacy program in Uptown for Kids. But in addition to learning about budgeting and applying for scholarships, things I never even heard of when I was a small kid, those who graduate the four-week summer course will receive $500 a year until they turn 18. If you're 17, that's $500. If you're six, that's $6,000. It's being run by Jeff Badu, a businessman who's putting up 20 bands to help fund the effort. For more Chicago stories, remember, sign up for our daily newsletter at chicago.citycast.fm. The death of architect Helmut Jan at age 81 this weekend has me thinking about the Thompson Center, of course. For me, it's where my mom used to work, so as a kid, I remember just being blown away the first time I saw it, just this glass structure surrounded by concrete. To reflect on Jan's legacy, we called Lee Bay, an author, photographer, and former Sun-Times architecture critic. Well, first and foremost, how you feeling today, boss? I'm good, man. I'm good. How about you? I'm not out here complaining. Yeah. Uh, I appreciate you joining us on CityCast Chicago. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. Uh, I recently went on a river tour in Chicago, and they described Chicago as this museum of architecture from all over the world. And I don't think I'd ever really heard it described that way. So people who have you know amazing work in our city are not just famous, but they're, they're world famous. And Jan's impact is so present, uh, mostly as the designer of the controversial Thompson Center. It's controversial to many, but to me, it is the place my mom worked when I was a little kid. Hmm. So it's always held this place of wonder. It's when you turn the corner and just this glass dome 
kind of jumps out at you. And when you're a small kid walking in that building and you look up, it's just like, hell, what am I standing inside of? <laughs> but it's been on decline for a very long time and it recently went up for sale. You know, I wanted to start there with you, Lee. You know, you're an author, you're a writer, you're a Chicagoan. You know, what do you think of when you think about the Thompson Center? So, you know, I'm, I'm an old head. So I was 22 <laughs> when the building was about 20, uh, maybe a little bit younger, 20 or 21 when the building was completed. You know, when it opened, you know, for many people, this was spectacular. I mean, Chicago had never seen anything like, anything like this. You know, we were still building, you know, steel and glass boxes uh, like the Daily Center, you know, uh, is in 65. We were still building those in, in 75 and 85. And this building comes along, breaks forms. Uh, has it that the space that you describe on the inside, we see the elevators going up and down. And, you know, this comes along, you know, 1980s. There was a sense that, you know, Chicago had kind of lost its groove architecturally. It was beginning to lose out to, at the time, places in the Middle East and emer- re-emerging countries of Europe. And this was a way to put us, and this building kind of put us back back on the map. The, the coolest thing was, there was this movie, Running Scared, with uh, uh, Gregory Hines and Billy Crystal. They was filming in Chicago. And, you know, you're watching this movie downtown at the Old United Artists or whatever movie theater. And when the bad guys at the end of the movie, Jimmy Smith is one of them, they drive their car down the L tracks and it takes forever to explain how that happened. But the showdown is in the state of Illinois building, which was just open and right around the corner from where you were watching the movie. And and I remember watching it and it's the, the crowd just erupts, right? I got him! I got him! Well, shit! I got him! Uh, pardon me, officer, but I seem to have gotten him from right over there. Well, this is a real top. This is a top. I hit that man with every shot. You know, finally, this is just frightening. In other words, you have hit everybody that you've ever shot at. No, I haven't hit everybody, but I hit him. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Great. That's the first half. And of course, the second half is the one, the legacy that we kind of all know, which is the problems that the building had physically that, you know, that creates the situation we have today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very early on, I believe they had to reinvest money into the building. Um, but I also read that a lot of it was delayed maintenance. Can you tell me why has the building been such a controversial piece of work? First of all, we never got the building that Helmet designed. We got 75% of it, right? You know, it was it was cut back and designed because of expense for the, the following 30 years, 35 years, whatever. The state never put money into the building that it, that it should have to keep it up. So it got a you know, it got a Rolls Royce of sorts, but you can't take care of it like you take care of before, right? I mean, you got to keep the thing serviced. So as a result, we never got the building that he designed, and we never even got to keep the building that he did design because it's been crumbling away ever since. Oh, wow. I hear that. But even then, that that atrium space inside is still spectacular. And the building at night, when it's lit up, it is still one of the more stunning uh, postmodern and contemporary buildings in America. Yeah, what was Helmut's input on the building over the years? How did he feel about the way the building was treated? It was kind of hot and cold. Sometimes it was like, uh, you know, he didn't want to talk about it. And then other times he was effusive about it, um, that he really wanted the building preserved. He really wanted to play a role in preserving the building, particularly when under uh, Bruce Rauner, and I think even under Blagojevich before Rauner, that's when the rumblings first began about selling the building. Have you ever spoken directly with Jan about, you know, not only his legacy in regards to the Thompson Center, but his work across the city of Chicago and, of course, the world? Oh, yeah. You know, we we crossed paths many times when I was architecture critic. And then in the years 
uh, that followed. I remember when he designed Sony Center in uh, Berlin. I went to go see it, actually, but I talked to him before hopping the plane to get there. And Sony Center is very much like the Thompson Center. It's just, uh, you know, version two, version three of the Thompson Center. And uh, and we talked a lot about um, the the, the uh, similarities between the buildings. And one quote that stuck out, you know, he said that um, the time to assess a building isn't when it was first built, but it's 20 or 30 years later uh, that, that it takes time, meaning that it takes time for a building to really begin to make sense. You know, and, and there's truth to that. I mean, I can think of the Harold Washington Library, which I did not like at all when it was built uh, back in the mid nineties, you know, Oh, I love it. <laughs> two neoclassist, all that kind of stuff. And I've grown to really like that building, but that's been, that's been 25 or 30 years. One of the words that got thrown out on the river tour was contextualist was a lot of these buildings, uh, particularly the ones that are building a- across the river, tried to mimic the space that it was in to, to look a part of it. And the Thompson center, you know, it doesn't look like it's necessarily uh, a part of the landscape around it. But for me, it's always been a great addition, the way it reflects the buildings around it. Uh, when you're inside of it, the way it sort of hugs you uh, with all of the glass. Um, you know, I, I've been somebody who who has enjoyed it uh, my entire life. And, I, and I'm extremely biased in that perspective. Me too. Lee Bay, thank you for joining us. I know you're out. Uh, kind of moving around at the moment, but I appreciate you taking time to talk. Thank you for having me. Lee Bay is the author of Southern Exposure, the overlooked architecture of Chicago's South Side. It is sitting on my bookshelf. Before I let you go, I also want to remember another Chicago artist we recently lost, Eugene Ida Wade. He's one of the artists behind the Wall of Respect, a mural of black icons at 43rd and Langley. He also was responsible for painting the doors at the original Malcolm X College. Wade died last month at 81. I also asked Bay about his legacy. Being one of the creators uh, and driving forces behind the Wall of Respect, which, you know, essentially recreates uh, or resets off the American muralist movement, um, you know, not to just to paint a pretty thing on the wall, but but also to give it some kind of responsibility, some kind of social responsibility. We, we hate to lose these old lions, but it makes the it makes the loss more palatable when you know others are walking in their footsteps and and, and picking up that mantle. That's our show for Monday, May 10th. I appreciate you for listening. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Peace. I'm actually um, taking pictures of buildings. I'm at, uh, I'm at I'm actually out in front of the Harold Washington Library now. But when we when we, when we began talking, I was a little further north. But uh, yeah, 